who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Okay, boys, let's wrap it up. We're about to go live. Uh, Kip, Kip, I think we are live. What, uh... Welcome back, adventure fans, to the bottomless trough of action entertainment around which we all gather for the nourishing heroics therein. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. My name's Kip Killingham, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. And to my left is the pragmatic and powerful Stormclad Thundertongue. Hey, get these magical power cords out of here. It's like a terrace corked up Nam Nam spaghetti all over the booth. Oh, but, uh, leave that, uh, Viro table saw thing. Hey, uh, I want to play with that later. Sorry for the mess, folks. The Mega Booth needed some upgrades and repairs, so they had us touch down in Anmar. So now we're coming to you live from the LUQ headquarters, where a team of. Ow! <laughs> where a team of well trained technicians will fix the. Ow! Uh, fix the booth! Touchdown, man. I've always loved that phrase. I don't know what it is about it, it just feels good to say touchdown. Touchdown! Sorry, Storm, that ringing noise is just really distracting. <sighs> Can we stop that ringing? We stop the ringing noise, everyone. Who's doing that? Ow! <laughs> ringing. Kip, you uh, got the tinnitus or something? It's quiet as the grave with those drones gone. It's just so loud. Maybe it's microphone feedback or something. Hey, hey, stop the feed. Let's get, let's get you to the clerics, huh? I'll, um, I'll fix you right up. <laughs> right you are, Maria. Kip, it's Storm. Who's Maria? No, what? Ow! Uh, I don't know any Maria's storm. Hold on a damn second. Kip, who's Maria? Come on, buddy, you gotta answer me. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, shit balls. I, I mean, uh, Commissioner Lurie. Uh, what's, um, what can we do for you? We're having a bit of a situation here. I saw Kip was in some pain, and I was on this floor, so I felt best to escort my good friend to the clerics with great haste. Well, uh, you read the checks, ma'am. Just... Just make sure he's okay. We'll have him fixed up in no time. Take my hand, Kip. Ah, I can't see. Why are the spotlights up so high? Ow. <sighs> oh, balls ass. Is that is that light still on? Um, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's see what the Mortal Dawn is up to. I think we're about to climb into a thundering ravine of storm drakes, I think. <laughs> or, um, <clears throat> or talk to a ghost or something. Now, this is the LUQ. Woo! Stay tuned. Thank you.
the mortal Don finds themselves face to face with a ghostly green specter of a man who introduced himself as Baron Malfonce, hovering in the smoke of this strange brazier lit by a ghastly figure in the Lounge of Ultimate Questing. The smell coming out of it is like that of burnt grave moss, and he hovers before you. Smells like burnt grave moss. (laughs) (laughs) Now I presume that the lot of you have several questions, and this manifestation can maintain for some time, so please use this at your disposal. What is this regarding? Well, there was a very important relic that was stolen while being transported to my city of Andariel. It is the uh, remains of one of the original council leaders of the city. I don't know how much you know of my hometown, but it is a place unlike any other here in the Five Kingdoms. You see, Andariel is the city of the dead. Appropriate for us, I think. City of the dead? How does one have a city of the dead? This is a world where the dead can walk. That's... Oh, okay. I myself am manifested before you in my true spiritual form. I am in fact deceased for some great time now. You see, long ago Camaris was destroyed by the wrath of a vengeful, spiteful god. But the king saw fit to try to save the capital with whatever magic he could manifest. A kind of strange green barrier that locked the city in some time between life and death, you see. Those who dwell within can hardly leave. We require the magical essence of the city itself to sustain our spirits. Making this transportation is used by the flame in this here brazier, one of the original flames from the barrier itself. There are very few living creatures that tread foot in Andariel, which is why it is of a great risk to yourself, aside from being through the wasteland of Kamaris. Maven, is this all on the up and up? Everything he said is true, but it's not what I was expecting. I can definitely tell you that. But this has been filed appropriately? You have the paperwork here. He's looking over it. He got from this strange, ghastly figure. I just want to make sure. The Chimeras, it is technically a part of the Five Kingdoms, and there's no unusual politics we have to deal with, huh? The only politics you may have to deal with is that many people are not favorable of the residents of Chimeras, but... We are more than welcome to give you a quest. We are trying to build one of the League headquarters in our city, but too much interference from the Everstorm and old magic mixing with new magic takes a long time. I understand Camaris is not exactly habitable. That's very true. Based on how large it is, the amount of living creatures that dwell there is a drop in the bucket. Is this going to be a problem for us? Traveling through Camaris will indeed be dangerous, but based on your recent transmissions, I would say that you are up to snuff to at least farewell for some time. Entering the city, though, that is another story that we must address in the uh, fine details of this contract. You all know that there is a general discomfort about addressing the undead as anything besides you know there's a lot of churches that are like destroy all the undead there's no there's no question about it they're undead destroy them whereas there are sentient ones that live in the city and they have their own civilization now i'm a little confused you said the mixing of the old magics and the new what do you what do you mean exactly well there was so much destructive force that destroyed Camaris that much of it still lingers. This is why things like scrying and teleportation do not function well there, because the Everstorm still turns overhead. Lingering magic of an angry god is difficult for humans to bypass. Mm. Does that mean it might interfere with our magics? 
Only if you were to try to do very powerful teleportations or the like, things that transport you through the plains and such. Hmm. You'll be needing to travel on foot is the bottom line there. Hmm. So from what I understand, we're going to be looking for this relic, trying to reclaim it for your people. Is there anything else you can tell us? Absolutely. There are many details that I have sussed out in my time, but I am a member of the Council of Leadership in Andariel. You see, there are several classifications of citizens that dwell there. There are the grave-bound, and those are the undead citizens that still have mortal flesh, bound to a soul, like a, a zombie or your run-of-the-mill skeleton. They are fine workers and noble citizens of our city, but they are what would be considered the baseline in commonality. Above them, there is the shrouded, and those are the ectoplasmic type. They are specters and wraiths, banshees, things that uh, exist in the spiritual form. And the last classification are known as the eminent, like myself. Higher forms of undead, things like death knights and revenants and vampires. Things with more control of their essence. Things that have more memories of their past life and who they were before our home was destroyed. Wait, vampires are real? Oh, very uh, much so. What? If you were a vampire, wouldn't you want to live where the sun doesn't shine? Ah. In Underdark, we have uh, mythologies about vampires that can turn into stone, and then they walk out of the stone and seal you into their uh, hidden caves. What? Yes, they eat your bones. This oh. is common for everywhere, yes? Well, we don't have bone-eating vampires, but that's definitely the kind of mythos I could imagine near the Drexian shift. Da, they keep ghouls on hand so that they can feed the extra flesh to them as thralls. So This is normal for you. Da. Wait now, uh, are the undead that live there folks who died there this is a question i'm happy to answer for it is very confusing to an outsider many of the residents of andariel are the original residents of the city before it was destroyed some ages ago with lingering memories of who they once were and an ambition to maintain the fine upkeep of the city as it stands there are other spirits that enter through the green barrier those who die in the harshes of Camaris that wish to join us and become citizens of our city and there are a handful of living that dwell within, but they tend to not be your normal folk. Like my friend here who has delivered me. He has no name. He is known as one of the scoured. And uh, these memories they retain, this prevents them from being the mindless uh, agents of destruction that a typical zombie or skeleton would be? Very much so. And it is said that if you dwell too far from the barrier, that you can return to your more savage, undead nature, which is abominable in my opinion. So once we enter the city, we would be safe from this sort of predation? Well, they are all very kind people, though they do tend to have proclivities against the living. For, you see, our only form of nourishment and currency is a kind of spiritual energy we refer to as anima. We do not harvest this with any cruel means, or we do not murder people, but we must track it down. It is precious to us. If they found out that unknown living creatures entered, the temptation may become a bit strong. So we may have to disguise ourselves. <laughs> Calm down, Avi. <laughs> Cut to that scene in Shaun of the Dead. Just everybody... <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, 
One more question. I hope it's not too inappropriate. Oh, as many questions as you need. It is an honor to be here in your presence. It's been a long time since I have seen sights outside of my beautiful city. Uh, he's quite the charmer, isn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Well, my question to you is, what about those who hmm, seek a final rest? How does that work? There are some that simply fade away after their existence is spread too thin or if they choose to no longer seek the nourishment of the anima, but it is very rare. Hmm. I have not reached this kind of age myself, and I am one of the oldest residents you will find in Andariel. I find fear of immortality is something that is very common to those that are, in fact, mortal, a way of comforting themselves in the inevitability of, in of infinity. Hmm. It is hmm. believed that there are some of the grave-bound who have a certain... Uh, anger towards the Church of Sigmus that we do, in fact, practice in Andariel. You see, they have taken these remains of one of the original council members, which there were ambitions to have returned to the citizens. Once the body is brought in and the spirit is bound to it, they can once again regain their position as an officiate to the Silent King. But there's a sort of a, I suppose the term y'all would use is a thieves' guild that have taken it from us, and they're hiding it somewhere, most likely in the city itself. Well, Undead Thieves' Guild sounds like the ghoulest thing I've ever heard. Coolest or ghoulest thing? <laughs> he said ghoulest. Too ghoul for school. Um, <laughs> now, if you are to enter the city... There is another ritual that must be enacted using the remaining essence of this here brazier, which will, for 24 hours, create a sort of enchantment seeming upon all of you, which will, for all intents and purposes, make you appear as though you are the undead. Should give you enough time to track down some clues, meet with myself in my more corporeal form, and then move on with the mission proper. Is there... A reason that as a council member you couldn't just clear us entering as mortal beings? It's more of the uh, forbiddenness for the hunger of those who are below us. It would be too much of a risk to yourselves. And because there are actions that are being taken with some success against the church and the silent king himself, it is something we do not wish to get out both because Andariel is already viewed as a crumbling, falling city, and if the citizens know that we have weakness, it would make them lose hope and perhaps devolve into the undead, mindless scourge that they could become. It is in the best interest of my city I seek the brave and strong living to help us in this, to reach out and form ties with the League of Ultimate Questing, as they seem to be one of the only organizations who treat us as the mindful, kind people that we are. I see no issue with dealing with the undead. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, there is living as anything should be. And this item that you want us to find, retrieve, what have you? It is the remnants of their body of one of the original council members. It is bones. Oh. oh. Is this council member currently undead and alive? They were outside of the city during the great salvation of our people, and their body was discovered in a kind of excavation. And we are very excited to find this, to have them return to us. I see. So this person could be raised from these remains? Absolutely. It is well within the power of the Silent King to turn back time as long as we remain within the walls of Andariel. This is deeply fascinating. How soon do you need us there? 
Well, you'll need to travel on foot as magic entering Kamaris can be dangerous even more so than the landscape itself. Our carriage is okay. We have a horse that might be particularly familiar, familiar with your area. If anything is within the area of the brazer when it activates, your horse will appear as though a skeletal steed, I posit. It is a Kamarian warhorse. All the better. One of the few creatures that can digest the blade grass of Kamaris and find food in the wastelands. Well, excellent. Sounds like we can get uh, some exercise for our unnamed horse. Now, let us briefly touch on the topic of the scoured, like this hopeless individual that stands before you. There are still some living creatures that dwell in Kamaris that serve the Silent King, as he is their salvation, but they were not within the city during its destruction, and they breed like rabbits. They are scorched of mind and soul. They seem to have no ambitions of their own. We use them to harvest the animal, but not against their will. They volunteer it to us with total capacity, as much capacity as such a burned mind can have. And what do they get out of it? Entering the city and serving the, uh, council seems to please them greatly, as this one wandered here on foot out of the love in his heart for Kamaris itself. Oh, Tim, they're a willing slave race. We don't know enough about this to make any call. I think we'd better uh, give it some time. Okay. But keep an eye out. Yes. Those who wish will be sacrificed to harvest more anima, which is then fed to the people through the bank, the system of bartering that we use, and uh, their bodies are given to the gravebound to consume, as that is a nourishment for them as well. Your kingdom has no use for gold then or anything. We have a great amassed wealth from long ago, but have very little reason to spend it, for people do not trade with us. There is no need for fruits and vegetables and the like, and no one wishes to purchase our antique weaponry or tools of architecture. Are there any non-undead settlements inside of Kamaris? There is one that is very far to the east, and what a place it is. It is known as Dragonflame Keep, and the humans that live there are near the apex of strength in all of humanity. Knights of a noble order that's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it is unlikely we will, it is unlikely we will run afoul of these people. Very unlikely. In fact, I might say that it is in your best interest to hire one to escort you for the survivability in Kamaris. And I realize that they are wealthy people, and it can be very expensive in your current terms of coinage for the mainlanders. They can be very expensive. Their, their people have a lot of wealth. So what is a, a hundred gold to you may just be a tuppence to them. Inflation runs amok in your places, huh? The only two civilizations are very wealthy with nothing to do with it. I wish to offer each of you, individually, if that be your wish, a reward of your choosing. Oh, to be decided now? You can take your time as long as you understand that that will be the reward for this, and of course the good graces of Andariel itself. Is there an equivalent uh, value you can place on this so that we do not overshoot? Let's assume that each of you chooses something of your own picking. I would say that of the great wealth and antiquities that we have within Andario, I could easily estimate 1,000 of your Leonin gold dracs. But there are other things in this world so much more valuable than steel and magic fused into items. Things like secrets that only the undead know or artifacts from a time long past. Okay, as long as we make this decision before we see you. That should be fair. Let's just say it'll be roughly worth around a thousand gold in your currency. 
give or take, depending on the convenience of it for my offering. The And Maven chimes in and says, It might be a good idea if you're entering Kamaris to hire one of the outriders to guide you. They tend to stay near the Dawn Gate and hire themselves out for outsiders, but they can be expensive and it would require some paperwork. I will return to talking to the Spectre. Sure. Will you offer to pay for the costs for hiring this outrider? Well, that seems like a bit more of an investment, but I could be convinced, depending on your level of commitment to the cause. We have yet to fail in any of our missions. When we take something, we get it done. I do not have any currency here in Leone that I can leave with you, and I would not be able to get it to you until you arrive at the Dawn Gate. But if you leave and I send out one of my workers, I might be able to have it meet you there. This is okay. I appreciate this harsh negotiation. It is a bold of you to ask for more when I offer such wealth, but I do respect it as a mark of confidence in your own skills. You have to understand that until now we have never gone into a place of such extreme danger. The stories of Camaros are considerable. You also told us you have a lot of wealth and not much to do with it. (laughs) This is all very true. Besides, I figure you paying for our expenses is the least you can do. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, my accomplice here has one more of the cones of incense in their pocket that you can light to enact the ritual, but I would wait until you are on the outskirts of the city, as it does have a timer on it, and utilizing the most of your time at the city gates is essential. You will not need it while ambling about in the wastelands. Understood. Do you have any more questions, anybody? How long ago is this, uh, these remains taken? I imagine it has now roughly been somewhere in the neighborhood of four weeks. You take your time. It took a long time to arrange this meeting. Sending one little boy out on foot takes quite a bit of legwork, you know. (laughs) I see what you did. Yeah, I'm a little bit clever when I need to be now that we are getting acquainted with each other. A little more comfortable in our mannerisms. I see no reason we cannot do this soon. I'm feeling fully rested. I'm ready for adventure. Same. Itchin. Well, when you arrive at the city, simply ask for directions to the residence of Baron Malfonce. Of course, in your undead guise, they should lead you there without much issue. Thank you very much for your time. Of course. And one last word of warning. It is true that there are many stories about the dangers and terribleness of Camaris, and I assure you beyond any shadow of a doubt that they are understatements. And with that, he... <sighs> Pulls back into the uh, brazier and the green smoke fades away. This is exciting. It's certainly unique. Mm. Pizyat, I should have asked what the weather is like in Kimaris. Stormy. <laughs> Dark, dreary. All of those. <laughs> and this grim figure reaches out with both of his hands and just grabs this hot brazier and it kind of hisses his skin and he holds it out to you. <laughs> I, okay, I guess I'll take that. You you. grab it by the top, it's handleable, but uh, Uh. the bottom is still quite warm. And then he fishes around in this deep, ratty pocket and pulls out this little cone of, like, tightly woven black incense. (gasps) And when he opens his mouth, you see that there is no tongue inside. Uh, uh, mm. Oh, don't look, don't look. Thank you very much. I'm staring right at the tongue. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. (laughs) Well, uh, soft-spoken boy after my own heart. Very good. And he just turns and slowly shuffles his way out the door. Returns back to the street, looks left, and then right, and then just turns left. Considering his gait, I'm not surprised it took him four weeks to get here. 
It might be a bit cruel, but I'm almost wondering if ending his existence might be better. Well, I think if he wanted to end his existence, he would. Would he have that choice, really? Probably not. A creature without free will is just a shell. It's rather sad. To me, it's no different than a cow or something like this. Oh, my head hurts. I understand. Just because it stands on two legs does not mean it is a person. Again, my head hurts now. Okay. (laughs) It can be difficult to shake sentimentality. (sighs) Well, it sounds like you all have a reason to take your new wagon for a test drive. I'm very excited about this. It's a fair distance from here to the Dawn Gate, but nothing that can't be reached with a quick wagon and a strong horse. Oh, you think they might like some some bourbon? The dead? No, uh, the Outlander, the people at the Dragon's Keep, whatever. Kalmora's Keep? Uh, I Sorry, the not having a tongue thing really freaked me out. <laughs> it was a bit unsettling. I mean, you could bring a bottle. I just can't guarantee that the noble and the clever and powerful knights of the Kimaris are going to need or want it. It's worth a shot. As for that paperwork, I will have to fill out sort of a work-for-hire form that you will all need to have an outrider sign to help you with this quest for a very limited amount of time in order for it to be up and up on the League's rules. Hiring a guide and things like that is very much accepted, but depending on the terms they're willing to offer, you'll have to fill it out. Cool. Now we will enter the segment of League of Ultimate Questing where we fill out paperwork for 45 minutes. Do I fill out form B6 or is that 6B? No, that's 1A. Ugh. Bureaucracy the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, team. Article 3, section 4 dictates. (laughs) Anyway, do you wish to leave in the morning then? Duh. Very good. I will have some maps pulled down to help you travel from here to there. Should be a very straight shot if you follow the Merchant's Road. You'll pass through Thandon, which you have been to before. And then you will head north to Camdella and then continue east until you reach the Dawn Gate. And that cannot be missed. Very excited. Hopefully you'll arrive near the morning as the gate only opens once each day. At dawn, as the name implies. I really hope he makes me a pretty undead. Is that a thing? Can undead be pretty? Have you ever seen a funeral? Oh. I think a mortician's sole job is to make the undead look as sexy as possible. Oh my god. I think if they're undead, the mortician <laughs> didn't do their job right. <laughs> you might be right about this. Well, I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous. Kamaris is quite a bold step. You've all received your new healing potions. You all have gear that you've collected, plus a new magic item, which should be here by the morning. And then I guess you'll be off and I'll be here all alone by myself again. <laughs> Just kidding. I love it. <laughs> uh, I think Arvid will want to um, get some practice in with hitching up the unnamed mm. beast yeah. and uh, try to take him for a stroll or two. Sure. Yeah. Kind of learn the ins and outs of the wagon. Mm-hmm. Well, it's never been easier than with the Lachey Gallant. <laughs> I um I think Hurthex will go buy rations. Probably we should probably all get rations because it'll be. I doubt there's a lot to eat in Kamaris. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maven will even say, definitely load up on food now. Once you get to the Dawn Gate, the prices are going to be unbelievable. Drinking water, things that don't go bad, whatever you can scrounge up. You'll want enough for at least a month, though. It's not going to take that long. Oh. All right. Um, so in the morning, the team can saddle up. We'll assume that out of the bank, you take enough to get a wagon full of rations and a couple barrels and some hogheads of clean water. Enough for the horse as well. Some some nice dried meats and things. 
I also have like a few miscellaneous days of travel rations just like tucked into various pockets and just bags in case. and things. Yeah, yeah, pocket snacks. Just Definitely some sure fine bourbon. Some gorp. <laughs> gorp. <laughs> yeah, and you stash away a few extra bottles of the, the good brown. The yum the yum sauce. <laughs> And with that, the Mortal Dawn loads into their new wagon. It's very comfortable. The back of it seats all four of you if you wished, but two of you can sit on the front. Are we going to bring Morty or no? Oh, Definitely not. He's not going to be able to survive on his own. He's not going to be able to hunt. He eats more food than any of us. We can't afford to have something like that as a liability. And to go with what you said, also, it may be difficult for me to handle a new animal and work with Morty. Duh. Additionally... With you being able to turn into your ram and having the horse, worst case scenario, there is enough bodies that we could theoretically ride around without the wagon. But can you have Morty guard the the child? Well, keep an eye out for us on him. On who? Mr. Uh, Three Eyes. Zancam? I think the giant bird person has that covered. Sure, but they're not going to tell us a damn thing. What, and Morty will? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can make him talk. (laughs) Morty's not the most reliable narrator. <laughs> uh, better than no narrator at all. I tell you guys, he's really grown. Mm-hmm. I believe you. And Arvid does take a few minutes to tell Morty that he's going to be alone for a little while, but he can hold down the shop while things are, you know, a little more quiet. But he will be a very good boy. Mm-hmm. And he's a much smarter, wiser dog than he was some weeks ago. And he will try to behave himself. But you give Maven the job of feeding him and taking him on a walk once in a while, and he... Gritting teeth agrees. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the mortal dawn sets out early in the morning, east out of the city of Lucinilli, past the Lucidian Acre, and out onto the Merchant's Road. And there, hovering like a specter in the morning sky, is the shadow of the white dead moon. The winter season is over. The thaw has begun. And soon, the mother moon will shine again. Her name was Cassabelle, she was a snake from hell. I feared her venom glands, but loved her six soft hands. <sighs> Get back, Ed. It's almost time for the mid-roll. Uh, mid-roll just started. What? No. No, not again. I, I can't do the mid-roll without Kip. Just tell a quick story or something. Uh, fill the air. Quick story. <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, so, there I was. Separated from the silver pennants after Lily White botched a plane shift. And I was alone in this kind of upside-down dimension where all the light came from the ground and the sky looked kind of like a lava lamp made out of souls. <clears throat> anyway, I wandered there for what had to be uh, maybe a day and a half. I looked for some natives, but all I found there were these fleshy little squirrel lizard things. and They didn't have much to say, but they did lead me to a grove filled with this uh, weird phosphorescent crunchy berry nut. I figured they might kill me, but I was alone in an alien world, and I thought, well, let's roll the dice. So I was real hungry, and I popped a few, and I waited, and I popped a few more. Now, the flavor's like, um, you know when you bite the inside of your lip, but mix that with licking one of those weird glowing crystals in a wizard's lab, because, you know, you've been curious for so long, and jumble that in with the taste of every sandwich you ever made. But then, I tasted the universe. I tasted myself. I tasted the tears of gods. Blacked out from the oral nirvana and woke up in my bed a day before the quest was supposed to start. I'll return there someday, and I'll feed once more on the universe fruit in the Lizard Squirrel Grove. It's coming up. Well, and uh, speaking of real 
Good taste in stuff that is cool. Uh, following ads are great. Watch them. Maybe buy the stuff they talk about. Keep watching the show. <laughs> uh, are we done? Mighty Torinbar, I pray unto thee. Your humble servant comes to you on bent knee to ask for the guidance of the sun over the eternal mountain. I am your axe. I am your shield. You are my heart and my honor. Give me a sign, Torinbar. Show me what my path holds. All that praying must make you thirsty. Look no further for a sign from the gods. Reach for all new Beardweiser light. Ale for clerics, filled with the radiance of faith, and half the calories to keep your holy armor fitting just right. Torinbar? Is that ye? Forget the sacred grail. Crack open a refreshing can of Beard Light. We put the ale in devotion mail. Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me, I'm building muscle, so I love their protein-plus options. <laughs> yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing if I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week. It's fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50 and use code theleague50 to get 50% off. That's code theleague50 at factormeals.com slash theleague50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Check out new episodes Mondays and Fridays for a wide variety of topics and news episodes. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rage on. Hello, all you cuties. As you may already know, basically every event under the sun and moon has been canceled, and so too our appearance at Burning Cat. But don't let that get you down, because we are working on setting up our very own first live show ever. We're aiming for midsummer, and we'll let you know the details as soon as they develop, but we are very excited. On the note of show cancellations, a lot of people will be spending time at home for the next few weeks. They'll also be wishing they had ways to pass the time. Recommendations from friends go a long way, and there's no better time than a quarantine to start a new podcast. Now, we're not making light of a dire situation or trying to capitalize on the same, but we could all use a little bit of fun right now, and I think this show brings a lot of joy. So tell your friends about us. Speaking of friends, I want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers, including our newest patron, James Aitken, and in particular, our legendary team, Jeff Ammons, Dave Lodnoff, Isaac Davies, Jack Phillips, Christian Wiseman, Zan Cam, Jen Finch, Erie Luna Rose, and Maisie. Your support means a lot, especially right now. 
Don't forget to join our Discord server, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, you have access to the Heroes Lounge, where we put deleted scenes, bloopers, goofs, and things that didn't make the cut. If you'd like to advertise with us or get a personal message on the show, please send an email to admin at Slapdash Studios. We hope everybody's spring is safe and panic-free. Wash your hands, stop hoarding stuff, and get back to the action. This is Winston Fabendifer III with Macanon News 5, coming to you with breaking news. An outbreak of lung blight is spreading west from the Kamarian border into southern Dornheim. Leading alchemists report the spread of the infection is brought on by the seasonal transition into the Dead Moon. Symptoms include zombie-like loss of limb control, painful cough, and impenetrable darkness around the pupils. Travelers in the Himmelhorns, being possible carriers, are urged to avoid population centers, and high-ranking clerics have been dispatched throughout major trade routes to enact quarantine procedures until the threat has been reduced. Father Drivers, head of the Clerical Disease Center, is quoted as saying, Citizens are reminded to sanitize equipment before and after travel, check scalp, underarms, and genitals for microdemonic parasites, and wash their hands. An anonymous colleague went on to say, Have you smelled these people? Why stop there? For God's sake, wash it all. Sound advice. I've just received word that King Valkar of Whitefall has declared war on the disease itself. Sources within Castle Whitefall indicate that the king appears to be quite intoxicated and suggests that the threat of war building in the east is, quote, making his axe hand itchy. And the Dornish bloodline, at least when it comes to fighting and drinking, are frequently prone. This just in, the Dornish royal advisor states, quote, The king was just kidding about the war on disease, but wishes to remind people the threat of contamination is still very real. We have as yet not received comment as to whether King Valkar vomiting on his own podium was intended to punctuate the point. This has been Winston Faye Bandeforth III with a breaking news report, urging the public to stay safe and remember that soap indeed exists. Join us tonight for Macanon News 5. Five kingdoms, one story. The team is enjoying the luxurious ride of the Lachey Gallant along the trade road, heading east out of Lucinelli through Leone. So he comes to me, literally walks into the kitchen, and he says, I want this patty melt with the, mel- with the cheese melted on the bread, and he wants me to put sauerkraut on it. Sauerkraut on a patty melt. Well, he said, oh no, he doesn't even want it on it. He wants it on his side. He wants sauerkraut on his side. So I gave it to him on his side. On the side of his goddamn face. Duh. <laughs> See if he comes back into my goddamn restaurant. Special order, my ass. Oh dear. <laughs> and this is how we lose customers. I don't want customers like him. Mm. We have painstakingly created menu. You should see how Jean-Paul agonizes over these things. That's fair, yeah. What's wrong with wanting a side salad? Did he at least leave a good tip? No. No? Oh, fine. I was about to give him the tip of my sword. Oh! I law have a lot to say in this context, but I have no NPC to roll for <laughs> <laughs> Um, needless to say, the wagon is moving very quickly because the horse that is pulling it has been dying to stretch its legs for some time. And with very little effort, this huge war horse just plows across the field easily. The weight of you all slowing it down hardly at all. Arvid is gleeful at the reins. And the wind is in your face and you see the snow starting to melt off of all of the acres and fields around you. And the ivory coast of Leone is just there ahead of you, beautiful and green, lush. And it's going to be a clear day. Hmm. Now, do we need to worry about an ambush of any sort? We should go hunting for some subhumans. This thing is great. Look at it. Hunting him go. for subhumans. You know how offensive that sounds? Sorry. The what? word subhuman is uh, very dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, only because they say human. Subverbal, maybe. You, you would, in fact, probably be considered subhuman. Ah. No. Duh. The word subhuman has been adopted by very ugly groups of people who like to think that anybody who's not human is underhuman or subhuman. Like myself. 
or you uh, or anybody here uh, because I would not consider Chris human at this point. <laughs> the verbal grace is beautiful like elves. <gasps> I agree. Well, I'm most elves. I mean, maybe if you're a teratophiliac. You calling me a monster? You have giant horns. They're beautiful. You have a problem with horns? Duh. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to look for something quote-unquote beautiful by human standards. I didn't know humans didn't like horns. Not what? usually. Unless they're teratophiliacs. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'm just imagining the in-world fanfiction being written about our team. <laughs> Love it. Supernatural romance Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Please I, make that happen. I don't want to be responsible for slash fiction in my own world yeah. narrative. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, whatever you want to call them. The ones that they don't have, like, rights and stuff. Oh, boy. We're just dancing into some very dangerous territory. <laughs> like goblins. Uh, I mean, we were very kind to those goblins. We mm -hmm. were very kind to them. Um, but we didn't have to be. A lot of people would just kill them on sight. That is very, very, very true. But that does not mean they do not have rights. I mean, maybe they have rights in their own society. Maybe they have rights granted to them by the grace of God. Which one? Oh, this is getting really philosophical. Anyone? This is great. Is our scoured guy, is he riding along with us? Nope. No, he just effed off? Yep. Okay. <laughs> we start to pass him as he's jogging down yeah. our <laughs> Just hoping it. No, but I mean, you're talking about the idea of subhuman. I mean, we talk about this coward person, this person who's barely a functioning entity. I mean, they don't think, they don't have a willpower, they cannot exert themselves onto the world, they simply do what they're told. But when you draw that line, are goblins subhuman because they're not as smart as you? Wait, wait, wait. Are you trying to tell me that none of you have gone goblin grinding? What? what? You'll have to explain. Yes. I, don't, I don't go to the clubs. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There are clubs involved in goblin grinding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that goblin grinding. Oh, yes. What? No. What? What's no. wrong with that? Why? They're tiny and horrible. Uh, well, mm, anyway. Despite spending a lot of their time underground, we don't deal with a lot of goblins. The ones who do venture that far tend to be albino goblins and tend to be flesh eaters. And they're also kind of pretty stupid. But we've also met that amazing goblin. Oh, God, what what was her name again? Uh, Maisie. Maisie, yes. Give them a chance. We could have a million different Maisies. They do breed quickly. <laughs> they're a nuisance. Yes, but for all intents and purposes, there could be just as many Maisies as there are Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Never let them meet. <laughs> okay, well, how do, you, how do you practice? Practice what? Uh, cutting things with your sword. Usually against each other. Look at this one. I pull up my sleeve, and I've got this massive scar that goes from my wrist all the way up to my bicep. We were playing around with knives. We were trying to figure out how to, uh, uh, let's say, politely assassinate. And uh, I maybe turn the wrong way. It gets caught in my arm. He then tries to pull away, and it drags all the way up to my arm, uh, my shoulder. So that's the problem with practicing on each other, is that you don't want to destroy each other. And melons don't run, so... Practice means nothing if there are no consequences. That's what I'm saying. Live steal against your friends is the best way to learn. Hmm. This brings up way too many good <laughs> points. Look, just because you, f you find it fun to murder things that you think are lesser than you doesn't mean the rest of the world does. So maybe keep quiet about it. Or at least don't use the word subhuman, da? Uh, this, these are what the humans told me they were called. Look, these are important things yes. to talk about. Important <laughs> things to make sure we get right. So, 
So, Subhimino. Is there a term you'd like me to use for the ones that um, you can get away with murdering? I don't know how to put it, but there's definitely a class where it's seen as fine. Hostiles? I would not say this is based off of class. I would say it is based off of action. If they are hurting you, you are allowed to kill them. Goblins tend to be hostile towards other humanoids. Therefore, it's easy to kill them and not have any problems with it. If I go off and I start killing uh, Alcarans just because I don't like the way their noses look, well, then suddenly we have a bit, a bit of a problem. Oh my god, oh my god. Is there something wrong with my nose? Your nose is... <laughs> what did you do? Your What's no- wrong with my nose? Your nose is glorious. <laughs> sure. <laughs> It is good nuts. It's very majestic. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God. But this is the thing. You're justified in killing things, but that does not mean you're actually justified. In the end, every murder counts. Every entity I kill is an ember that will burn me when I am dead. And I am okay with this. That's why you destroy their souls, too. (laughs) (laughs) The underdark predators haven't figured out. (laughs) I have to say, though, I wish I could share that sentiment. Some things that you kill deserve to be dead. And deserve to be forgotten. Who says? You? Yes. You are the arbitrator of right and wrong, life and death? If it comes down to my life, the life of innocent things, yes. And when your life eternal begins and the embers burn you in the fires of God, I wonder how you will feel about their lives then. I will pay whatever price deemed necessary to protect what I see fit. (sighs) This is too much. I pull my hat down over my face and just lean back. And with that... The landscape soars by, and a couple days pass. There is some quiet camping amongst the group. Maybe a little bit of tension, perhaps some more good dialogue. You all manage to find some good food within the rations, eating what is most expendable first. Within a couple of days, you reach a familiar city called Thandon. This is the home of the Nile Rose woodworking facility. And when you enter the small village square, you see a lot of people wave. The kind of somber attitude that was here midwinter is gone. And it seems like the town is very hopeful. The largest building that you would be used to seeing, Nile Rose Manor, is being deconstructed. You can see a lot of workers doing what would look like cannibalizing it to make the factory again. A lot of the large support beams and strong foundations of the building are being used to re-erect the woodworking center. And uh, a group of workers are all milling about. Some of them are going to and fro between the courtyard and the place. And there's another smaller building across the street from there that looks like it's being built as well. And there's a sign out in front of it that says, We Williams Home for Wayward Children. Oh, Chris. <laughs> and there's been 200 gold subtracted from your bank account. Okay. Worth it. And uh, an old figure who seems perhaps a little more... Uh, spry in their step than the last time you saw them comes out from amongst the workers and is actually he was carrying a support beam with some other ones and when he sees the wagon he comes over and says hmm, mortal dawn it's uh it's actually good to see you again and you uh, man of my word right <laughs> there's a thing to be said about this whole brotherly love garbage everyone's always on about <laughs> garbage <laughs> You look well. Uh, I've been watching you when I have some free time, which is very little. Uh, congratulations on all of your rising through the ranks. I certainly hope whatever money you make now will be made honorably and you'll feel good about it. I predict it's going to be some time before I make any money. Mm. I've kind of cleaned myself out, taken up a much smaller residence, something low cost. It was just me and that a big place, no servants. I think the wood wishes to be put to use. Mm. The wood has always been what's spoken to me. It just makes sense. Is there anything that you need to help jumpstart things? I already understand. I was 
brought in as a contractor for this business across the street that you were the founder of this orphanage. Mm. Very kind of you to put William's name on it. I think that's a nice gesture. Oh, I, I thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure it'll mean a lot to many of the uh, children without parents that come into Thandon or are born oh. here. Do you have any oh. spear anima? What? Just gonna what what's that? that? The life force essence. Something we could keep uh, on hand just in case. Right, we could get it from the orphans. What? They're probably not the using it. The bloody hell. We nice. saw some strange things in our time together, but I can safely say I have no idea what you're talking about. Fair <laughs> enough. Her with accent RT, I'm sure a look behind Chris's back as he's just freaking out about it. <laughs> we're, we're obviously just antagonizing him at this point. <laughs> orphans are like primo soldiers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's worth double if it comes from a parentless child. Oh my god. It's like platinum. Oh my god. <laughs> the Don oh. Perignon of soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the trophy made it, but I trust that you will make it a very exquisite centerpiece for the children. I don't know anything about a trophy, but when I see it, I'm sure I'll know what you're talking about. I wouldn't put anything in until it has walls and a ceiling. Sure, yes, but you know, planning, planning. Do you need to rest for the evening? Seems like you're on a trip. It would be nice. Quite frankly, roughing it is getting uh, less and less easy to do. The softness of the overworld has uh, spoiled me. Mm. <laughs> well, what's left of it, the manor's empty. If you want to rest in there for the night, there's still some beds about. Not much use for them in making a furniture, unless Damn. you just need a bed somewhere else. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, good to see you, but uh, I seem to have a little bit more spring in my step these days. I'm going to get back to work with the lads. Mm. We've got drinks after our shift. Nice. Mm. Oh, oh, take this with you. I give them a bottle of the Surefine. We don't have this brand here. Is this you? (laughs) (laughs) I may have done a little bit of branding work. Yes. He like holds it up to the light and then holds it next to your face. It's not a bad image. Mm. You look weird with brown liquid inside your face, but it Uh, works. Nice. Thank you. You're really good at that. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll tuck this away for later. Thank you, Chris. Share it with the boys. Don't have it all by yourself. I barely touch the stuff. This will be my gift to them. Somehow I thought he was going to go clear a fifth by himself. <laughs> he just pounds it right in front of you. <laughs> Back to work. <laughs> just Belushi's that shit down and starts uh, carrying wood. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, you guys enter... The Nalros Manor, and it's just as dusty as you left it. It seems like no one has done much upkeep. The entire eastern wall is just completely deconstructed, and there's just cold air blowing in. But upstairs, there are several servants' quarters that haven't been slept in in a long time. And the Mortal Dawn rests for the evening before continuing on. It takes you several more days to reach the next city, which is Camdella, and this is on the border of Alcara and Leone. It's a city that's built over the river, and there are huge uh, aqueducts that run underneath it in the river. There are trade barges coming and going all the time, and you manage to resupply a little bit and stop to rest before continuing on. And at this leg of your journey, you are now along the side of the Godswall Mountains. So everything to the east of you is completely obscured by this massive, impossibly tall, flat mountain range, almost just like a cliff that goes on for hundreds of miles. And over the top of it, you just see the darkness of this storm. At night, you can hear the thunder cracking and rolling from beyond the stone. The ominous tension begins to build the closer and closer that you get. And there, in the distance, you can see, carved into the cliff face of the Godswall Mountain, a gigantic gate surrounded by 
man-made walls with parapets on the top. It stands maybe 90 feet tall from bottom to top. An impossibly huge door that would require massive machinations to open and close. And built into the wall around it is a settlement. There are tents that are open selling things. There are some small buildings that are leaning against the wall itself. Very much just erected around it. There's maybe five dozen people that are coming and going and living here, whether temporarily or permanently doing trade goods. And most of them look like they're actively either selling things or they are wagons that are waiting to continue their journey or proceed on. Is there anything that would, you know, catch Chris's eye in particular? You notice that a lot of the people are selling food and water and just looking around and kind of settling in, you all stand out a little bit. Your horse is not like anyone else's horse. Your wagon is nicer quality than anyone else's and you're not selling anything. And it seems like almost all of these are leaving. No one is entering. And it just seems like a lot of Leonin humans, there's a couple of elves and dwarves around. Some of the dwarves are offering to sharpen people's weapons before they enter Kamaris or fine-tune their armor, bang out some dents or whatever. And the people selling, there are barrels of water that are on sale for five gold, like a ludicrous price. There are Ooh. loaves of bread being sold for a gold piece each, just like these astronomically high rates. It's kind of like normal car and price. For the quality, though, not even close. Mm. Those would be like loaves of fancy bread with like gold ribbons and... A pilot bread with a fucking like, cockroach on it. It's like half saffron. This is like fancy hardtack. <laughs> fancy hardtack. I just... Two things I would not expect. And there are a group of very well-armored soldiers that seem to be manning the gate and the sort of militia within the palisades themselves. And they come and go. They're keeping a constant watch. And you see up on the wall, many of them are moving back and forth and shouting commands to each other or blowing horns, just sort of a basic military signal to one another. And uh, they have the symbol of the Dawn Gate on the front of their breastplates. Not just blowing horns for their own sake. Starting a bored. ska band. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They all have checker stripe suspenders. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Scamarians? Oh, oh the Scamarians. Oh, I gotta say, I would love to see a, 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 a fantasy-themed ska band right? where they're like knights as ska as possible. Oh, boy. Mm. The gates open and it's just, never have <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, it's worse. Um <laughs> Yes, the soldiers come and go. They do check in your wagon very briefly and ask, What's your business here? We're here on the league quest. Coming then? And Dario. Oh, all right. Well, uh, you have a long night ahead of you. The gate will open at dawn. Be prepared. We are looking for a guide, somebody who can get us through this without, uh, you know, burning an acid rain or whatever the hell happens here. <laughs> You're looking for one of the Kamarian outriders? Da. Ah. There's been one that's been milling about for the past couple of days like he's waiting for something. He might be your man. He kind of points to the outside across the furthest end of the town. And there, past some of the farthest tents and small structures, you see a figure uh, leaning against the wall with kind of a, uh, not as huge as the domain farms, but a fairly wide-brimmed hat pulled down over his face. And next to him, there is a pitch-black, massive Kamarian warhorse with full-tacked, spiked leather armor and just gear strapped all to the side of it. There are shovels, there are tent poles sticking out of it, lots of bags of food. Folks around these parts call him Strider. <laughs> One of the Dunedain Rangers he is. So this is a great chance for me to compare how the horse that we have is to, um, you know, a standard or perhaps even better than... This is the first other Kamarian war horse right. I've seen. 
This is, yeah, of course, the first one you've seen besides your own. And this one looks like it gets way more activity. It's much more muscular. Uh, it's thicker and stronger. Yours is very tall. Like for the breed, it's large, but it's a little more, it's not like sickly malnourished, but it hasn't gotten the full meals that it usually does and the exercise it usually does. Okay. Um, you can tell it's been much more upbeat and happy, even just pulling this wagon, being out on the road. And while you camp, it stops and just like eats rabbits and squirrels. Um, Excellent. Eats rabbits and squirrels. Yes. I like the idea that they like exude the same calm that a normal horse does, but then as small animals come up, they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> just snap. Our, our horse was much better fed when it was feasting on dead subhumans. <laughs> and a cat. And a cat. <laughs> yes. Um, and you see strung across this individual's lap, this really like intensely thick recurve bow with two strings going along it and a quiver full of these dark fletched arrows on his back. And if you come within area, even without looking from under his hat, he says, So, you're the ones from Leone that I'm meant to meet? He says, lifting it up and standing to his full, like, six and a half feet. I'm from Drogendrav, not Leone. Holds his hand out. Dragonflame Keep. Mm. Kamaris, sounds like you are all in for a little bit of a ride. Yes. Come to think about it, I don't think anybody in this space right now didn't come from a very harsh and unpleasant place to live. <laughs> Let's see here. Tundra mountains, horrible swamps, desert, underground. My swamps were quite nice, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, By yeah. your standards, maybe. Well, the money's been put in my pocket, and I'm your man to escort you to Andariel and then no further. Wait, were we supposed to light the incense now, or when we're through? Just before we enter, I think. The city, oh. before we enter the city. The Duh. city, okay. Name's Jacques. Jacques Kane Phillips. Artyom Konstantinovich Fulkov. Call me JP. Chris Zagrand, at your service. I'm Harothax. And Arvid. <laughs> A lot of my brothers like to remain behind at Dragon Flame Keep and hold down the fort, but it gets a little tiring for me, so I hire myself out to outsiders to make sure they survive as long as they can. You stay close to me, do what I say, I will increase your survivability to some degree. That is the best I can offer. Any common pitfalls that uh, normal survivalists make? Sleep when I tell you to. We might have to go further than some of you are comfortable until you're tired, but there are many places that are too dangerous to lay down, and it may not look like it. You'll want to cover your mouths when we go in. Some kind of scarf, whatever you have. The air is a little harsh in there. I look down my snout. <laughs> if you see any water, don't drink it. You see anything living, tell me. If I haven't already noticed it. I'll help you hunt and kill things if we need. If we get into a scrap... I'll shoot some arrows at it, but I understand I have to sign some paperwork before I'm allowed to do that. Duh. And he looks it over and says, hmm, it's been a while since I've seen one of these. It is probably best if we get into any combat that you avoid it. Understood. I'll get you to Andariel. Should take a couple of days. It'll probably be two of the worst days of your life, but there's a good chance you'll make it there with me as your guide. I can't imagine it is that much worse than traveling through the acid pits. <laughs> Let me show you all something. And he immediately turns and uh, slaps his horse on the butt to keep it like, just like, I'll be right back sort of thing. And starts climbing this ladder with an incredible amount of agility and strength all the way up to the top of the wall. Ovid, are you also really, really um, excited Impressed? by this guy? Wow, he's a strong fella. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> yes. And uh, you all follow him up the ladder. It's a lot harder than it looks. This is like a sheer 90 degree angle and it's much taller than you would think. I am just fine. <laughs> I a step up there. And then I'm just like, oh, God. Whew, that was hot. I can carry someone on my back if they want. 
What, everybody's tired already? Come on, we only climb for what, 20 minutes? And you all climb to the top, and the first of you up there gets a hand that kind of wraps around your arms and shoulder and pulls you up very easily, uh, following the rest of you. Even Arvid gets pulled up without too much resistance. This guy's very strong. Oh, my. And uh, <laughs> before you turn around, you see him turn his hand and gesture to the north. And as you all turn, from this high vantage point, you can see all of the unknown land before you. A place that only the strong dare seek. More hopeless than the endless gray swamps of northern Danmere. More ominous than the black pits of the Underdark. More deadly than the frozen peaks of the Himmelhorn Mountains. And crueler than the streets of Denmazir. The wind is hot and it stings like glass fibers on your skin. The air burns your lungs. The landscape is harsh, rocky, faded, and grim. Far to the west, there is a golden light, a flame that seems close enough to reach out and touch, yet surely a hundred miles away or more. It seems like the only source of hope. To the north are the jagged, molten peaks of the Helderons, volcanic and ever-shifting. To call it a wasteland is a kindness. And to the east, the land seems dead. A faint green glow surrounds the only city in sight, a stone metropolis, somehow both fallen and eternal. Above you, the looming Everstorm, like a cloud of black fire belching flashes of purple and white, a reminder of the wrath of a god forsaken. And he says, welcome, friends, to Camaris. Well, it looks like the Mortal Dawn have hit the road and are racing across the land in their new Lache wagon and have made it to the Dawn's Gate, where doom waits beyond the ancient God's Wall Mountains. Well, you seem like you're right as rain, Kip. Feeling any better? You know it, pal. Nothing like a little clerical magic. I feel clear-headed and full of energy, ready to watch what happens with the MDs as they battle their way through Camaris to reach the undead capital. Yeah, those clerics are a real godsend. <laughs> godsend? Yeah, they can heal anything. Even that toothache I had in my stomach. How did you have a toothache in your stomach? Oh, I got punched in the face a few too many times in Gengetsu. Those cats know how to throw down. Swallowed a few teeth and got a tummy ache. Pretty sure they were all mine. Even grew the little bastards back for me. This tusky smile is insured for 5,000 drac. <laughs> Money well spent if you ask me, Storm. With the down season approaching, I can't help but wait and see what kinds of last-minute adventures our teams will get into or the mandatory vacation takes effect. And while the teams rest up, we'll be busy bees here at the LUQ headquarters planning and preparing for the new Grand Proving. Speaking of the HQ, it was pretty weird to see the Commissioner, right? Oh, Commissioner Lurie was here? Oh, I haven't seen her in ages. I'll have to stop by later and we can catch up over some tea. <sighs> right. That seems like a nice thing to do. And speaking of catching up, join us next time as we bring you updates on the progress as the Mortal Dawn makes their way through the dangerous, ever-changing landscapes of Camaris, the Fallen Kingdom. Tendrax says one of them gets liquefied. I'll take that bet. Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing! Ooh, that's good. All right. Cool ass episode. <laughs> Damn, that was. A, I'm glad I set that up so well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was like mark for mark. I'm like, this is all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking beautiful. I'm really excited about this. All right, it's a beauty. Are we going this way? Yeah, let's just keep going. Sweet, Alante. Oh. Happy birthday. Hi. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank Boy. you.
Hi, uh, Boy- I'm Boynton, and uh, yeah, I want to go around the table and introduce our cast again, starting with Sam. Hey, yep, Sam, I play Arvid Ulfmund. I'm a level six barbarian, level two circle of the moon druid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my barbarian type is the totemic, uh, totem, totem of the goat. Head of the beep, beep Go- sheep. Totem the goat. Beep sheep. <laughs> beep sheep? <laughs> I like it. So like a truck reference? <laughs> My name is Michael Loving. I play Harthax, the level eight dragonborn warlock. I'm Alante, and I play Chris Zagran, resident, resonant, revenant. The confidence damn, that you go into that with Bring every time. Ah, oh, so close. I'm Zach Marcus. I play Artyom Volkov. I'm also the cleric. I play Artyom Volkov, level, <laughs> level eight cleric of sunlight and suffering. I'm also the editor, director, or technical director, all that other crap for Slapdash Studios. My name's Law, creative director, Slapdash Studios, Dungeon Master. Peace! Woo-hoo. We also did not thank Tori last not episode. Tori, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to thank her twice in this one. Tori! Notorious! Tori! Notorious! Nice! <laughs> really nice. <laughs> yes, so uh, anybody have any interesting things, projects coming up? Well, we've, we're going to be showing up at the Burning Cats convention here in Portland on May 16th and 17th. Uh, I may be going to WagonCon later. I'm not sure whether that's going to I might happen. try to go too. Yeah, mm-hmm. might be worth doing. Um, we've got a few interesting episodes that should actually already be out right now of D20 Questions with mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Geek in the mm-hmm. City. We've got Max Hobbs. We've got Dave uh, Mladenov, mm-hmm. who you might know from our mid-roll. <laughs> <laughs> Some really cool stuff going on. We're recently interviewed by Ian World, which should be publishing sometime soon. And other than that, I can't think of anything. Uh, I will be appearing on a couple episodes of the God's Fall podcast playing Arunyavar, the uh, god of blood. Um, I will also actually, it occurred to me, I should have said this last episode too, I will more than probably be at uh, Queer Quest in Portland in mid-April. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Is that a convention? Uh, it's not a convention. It's it's more like a, it's just an event. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's like a one-night game. People can go to, you can buy tickets, uh, the PDX Guild of Geeks. That event, uh, proceeds from it go to benefit the Q Center. A um, How would you define the Q Center? It's like a, it's not it's really a, a home, but yeah, a resource. Yeah, it's a resource for, for young people in the Portland area. In the LGBTQ spectrum. I That's really cool. A- building for them on uh mlk or something is that the only is that the one or is uh, it like widespread one. michael does not know portland very well it's <laughs> it's in a mostly residential ish area right off of a road that's relatively busy but we could talk about that later yeah mm-hmm. yeah um we also uh listened to help action we got an interview with them and also the hypocritical troll on youtube Badass stuff. So we want to thank you for listening. We love you guys. And as you know, we post content every Monday. That's when the episodes go live. I think around noon, wherever podcasts are available, make sure you check the website because there's other cool stuff there, like links to the Patreon. And you can get access to Discord by, you know, just $1 a month. Actually, the Discord is available for everybody. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know that. Discord's the, available for everyone. The Heroes Lounge is the only thing that is reserved. Ah, but the Heroes Lounge has all the cool little goofs and all the weird stuff. Tune in for the cutting room floor. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of me there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, you know, check out our Patreon for the other bonus content, magical items, ma- ma- maps and whatnot. And definitely join the Discord. I always enjoy talking to... Other people there, everyone enjoys all the interactions with each other. We have some weird laughs and great memes and all kinds of great stuff. 
Uh, you can also interact with us in other social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, that is slap at slap the dash or slap dash studios, or, you know, just come back to the website and peruse that there. You get some direct links. Is there anything else that I'm missing? I don't think so. Please share us with your friends. Yeah, please. Oh, by all means, share us with your friends. Uh, I think maybe we even have like a little just commercial subset that, that mm. is a shareable soundbite. I'm also going to be doing my best to try and go back through the old episodes and edit them up. You would put out a remaster for everybody because, mm. quite frankly, those first few episodes are rough. <laughs> if you're looking for a good place for people to enter, you can point them towards episode 53, The Invitational, mm. uh, also called Annual Dexterity. Uh, another good place to start would just be episode 8, right around the Grand Proving, where things are just a little bit more picked up. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to get out fresh uh, redos of the first few episodes soon. And with that, uh, we're growing and questing together. I hope you will continue to join us. Until next time, we wish you luck.